What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Moke Davis here with you. And you know what? It's been too long since I did a pod. My apologies, everybody. Had a lot going on. But I also had a lot I wanted to talk about. So I was bummed I didn't get to do a pod last week. Got a little caught up. Got a little caught up. But it's cool. I ain't really missed the All-Star game. I watched it. And I was like, oh, whatever. I wasn't, like, really in into it the NBA, but I'll get into the stretch run, the playoff run in the NBA, my thoughts as we move forward, and one storyline from the first half that I feel like we totally, totally whiffed on giving flowers out to one player, one player. Major League Baseball, I am so, so distraught. I don't know. I'm not feeling good about uh, us having a baseball season. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. what I think is at the root of it and why basketball is playing a big role in it. NHL. We see IOC, FIFA, and others banning Russian players. We got a Russian tennis player who basically won a match because... The Ukrainian player said, nah, I'm good. I'm not even going to play against the Russian. That's right. She said that. So, Elena, Svitolina, said, nah, I'm good. I'm out of the Monterey Open. I don't even want to play against Russia. Wow. Bold move. But should there be an even bolder move? Maybe to protect the players in the NHL. Maybe Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Malkin shouldn't be playing. I mean, NHL is already condemning the war. What's next? We'll talk about that. Because Ovi's definitely Team Putin. So uh, he's in a bit of a pickle. But I'm going to start with the NBA. And Ja Morant is a beast. Yesterday was just, I mean, Jacopoto. I'm so sorry. He got destroyed on what I think. I mean, is that dunk of the year? I mean, Ja Morant is just out of this world and he's so much fun to watch I think there's more hype with him one because he can just get up and he's just amazing but I feel like he's got a little bit of I don't know if it's right to say a little bit of Allen Iverson but I feel like everybody just likes a you know a smaller guard that just can take on the whole league and that's what I feel like you're getting out of John Morant. But then, of course, Steven Adams. Let's go Pitt. Hail to Pitt. That's right. Steven Adams from Pitt. At the buzzer, the football pass, the length of the court. John Morant catches it in midair and shoots a fadeaway jumper at the buzzer that goes in. Midair. Just catches it in midair and shoots it. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. He's amazing. It's like an alley-oop if you will, kind of. But he is just, man, is he fun to watch. And I hope that um, this is, just the parody to me in the NBA is going to make the playoffs so exciting. I feel like just like the NFL playoffs was exciting, I feel like the NBA is heading for that. I really do feel like we are going to get some 
great matchups. And I hope so. A lot of Game 7s. I love Game 7s. I think we're going to get some. And that's my hope. That really is my hope. And the thing is, the weird thing is, like, I'm, I was checking out the futures for NBA champions. Suns are favored at minus, excuse me, plus 380. $3.80 to one. I don't, I don't know about that. Once again, Chris Paul gets hurt. Granny made it to the NBA Finals last year, but he's hurt out six to eight weeks. I don't know how he's considered, or the Suns, excuse me, are considered the favorite. The Warriors are right behind them at plus 450. But I'm not getting it, y'all. I don't know if it's that the, you know, of course they'll say, well, it's Vegas odds. They know what they're talking about more than you. I get that. You, Of course you're going to say that. But when I look at where the Suns are, I mean, Chris Paul is just going to come back for the playoffs. And his thumb still may not be right. I think the Warriors, granted, Draymond Green is is trying to come back too. They're at plus 450, but I think they're a dangerous team, especially if they get Wiseman back. Brooklyn Nets plus 475. Uh, I don't know about the Nets. I really don't. I don't see Brooklyn cutting down the Nets because I feel like they're cutting themselves out of playoffs. Or the chance to build some kind of rhythm. I think they lost too much offensive firepower in James Harden. Ben Simmons thought he had pressure on him when he was in Philly. No, he's going to have pressure on him in Brooklyn. And it's going to be a lot of pressure. And if mentally he is not right... If mentally he is not right, and you think he's going to get right playing in New York? No, uh uh-uh. I don't see it. I don't buy it. Kevin Durant's hurt. He's not playing. Well, he's supposed to come back right now, actually. But he's not 100%. And I feel like we're sleeping on the Bucks at plus 750. I like the 76ers and the move for James Harden. They're at plus 700. I mean, if you want a deep sleeper, yeah, I like John Morant, but the Grizzlies are at plus 2,500. The Nuggets, plus 3,500, 35 to 1. The Bulls are 30 to 1. No, I don't see any of those teams getting there. You know, but... I mean, if the Heat make a run, they're 10 to 1, maybe, but I, I don't know. I think it's Sixers Bucks, depending on the seating, of course. But then that also makes me think, okay, wait a minute. Is there anybody in the West that can contend? I mean, if you got some money out there, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily throw it on the Grizzlies to win the championship. But if you think about it, Suns and Warriors are right there at the top. And then it's really the East. Nets, Sixers, Bucks, Heat. 
are the next four favorites to win it. And then you got the Jazz. Nah, not really. Then it's Celtics, Grizzlies, Bulls. So if you look at the top 10, six of the four teams are out of the East, but it's really the fact that four out of the top six are from the East. You know, if you go to the conference winners, Brooklyn's still the favorite, and then the Bucks. Sixers are at plus 370. I mean, I take the Sixers for real. I really would. You want a flyer, maybe on the Bulls at plus 1200. I know I talked about the Raptors at 40 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. If you got some, throw some money around, you can. In the West, it's still the Suns are the favorite at plus 175. And then the Warriors, then Jazz, then Grizzlies. There are a couple to make the playoff odds that you can look at. Wizards at plus 2,000. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yes, I will. Yeah, no, I won't. I don't see them making it. That makes it really sad. That really does make me sad. I thought they were going to do something, but it might be time to blow that up. Might be time to blow that up. Especially when the saddest stat I saw. Saddest stat, y'all. Man, I almost forgot it. What is it, since 2005? I think the last 10 playoff teams, I'm trying to do this from memory, y'all. The last 10 playoff teams, only one, oh, excuse me, NBA championship teams, only one of those teams, if I remember correctly, it was the Spurs, didn't have a former Washington Wizard player on it. That was pretty much eight of them were traded that actual year to the eventual NBA champion. Nine out of 10, the last nine out of 10. So if you got a wizard, you got a shot at winning the championship. And sometimes it wasn't always traded. Sometimes it was a free agent. Wizards let them go. They signed with the eventual NBA champion, which last year, Bobby Portis. And he played well, too. Played well, too. Speaking of playing well, let's look at the NBA MVP. Joel Embiid's a favorite. I blew it, y'all. Dang, I wish I had taken him as a NBA MVP. I mean, that's what you do at the beginning of the season. I feel like you kind of take, you know, five or six players, put a little something on each one. The long shot pans out, you make your money back anyway. But I, in my mind, as much as I know I just said I love Ja, Steph, last year I was pulling for Chris Paul to get the MVP. For real, come on, y'all. If y'all don't recognize that it's all about the big man, it really is. The top three players to potentially win the MVP, Joel Embiid, or the top three favorites, Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, unstoppable. The three of them are really unstoppable. And if you look at teams that win the NBA championship, you know I've said it for so long, and that goes the same for Memphis Grizzlies. Point guard is the number one player, the best player on on the court. It's rare. It doesn't really happen. 
And Steph Curry is generational. Like everybody's talking about Ice Trey. Oh, he's going to be the next Steph. Nope. Steph is Steph. And he showed you in the All-Star game. Ice Trey is kind of cool. But he's not going to be Steph by the end of his career. He will not be Steph Curry. Then you got to go all the way back. Some people, you know, I, I put this out as a tweet and I texted some friends. They're like, oh, what if you had uh, Isaiah Thomas. Eh, okay, I'll give you I'll give you that one. And then Magic Johnson. So you got to go far back. And obviously Magic Johnson was 6'9". So he wasn't your typical, typical point card. Doesn't happen. You can't win NBA championship. We can't say never, can never, never say never, but it's rare, rare, rare. You need a big man. I would say, you know, yeah, you got Michael Jordan. He could play two and a three. He was a two. All right, if you got a two and a, a two and a three, which is funny because that's what the Bulls have in DeRozan and, and Levine, you got a two and a three, you're good. You can do some things. They got Vucevic. They can make some noise. But not with your point guard being your best player. I just don't see it. Just don't see it. But I do see Joel Embiid. I could see him getting rookie, uh, excuse me, regular season MVP as I was about to go to rookie of the year. Evan Mobley's your favorite for, for rookie of the year at minus 700. I mean, he's just having an amazing year. Scotty Barnes in second place at plus 700. Not going to happen. I think it's going to be Evan Mobley. Most improved player, John Morant, is at minus 900. I mean, my man is more than improved. He's the hottest player playing right now. He's ridiculous. Six man of the year, Tyler Hero at plus 2,500. My guy, Kelly Oubre Jr. was in second place at plus 2,000. I think these awards are over. Defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, minus 160. Giannis at plus 425. I mean, I feel like they just keep handing it to Rudy Gobert. But realistically, like, he's not the only player that plays defense, but okay, I guess. As I end my uh, NBA portion of the show, I am disappointed in all of us. We missed something back in February. February 13th, LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most combined points in the regular season in playoffs. No, he's nowhere near, well, I shouldn't say nowhere near, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yes, he still has the record for regular season points, but I'm sorry. I think we all failed LeBron James. I think the NBA failed. In my mind, what LeBron James has done, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points, period. No player in league history has scored more points playing in the NBA than LeBron James. And yet, he deserved all the credit. We did all the pomp and circumstance when Steph Curry became the all-time three-point maker. Why did we just 
act like LeBron didn't just pass Kareem? It's disgraceful. Come on. Oh, well, he didn't. It wasn't the regular season. I don't care if it was the regular season. The fact that LeBron James has played in that many playoff games, that he can pass Kareem, period. I think it's idiotic to say, oh, well, it wasn't just in the regular season. No, what LeBron James has done is historical. And we glossed over it as if it didn't matter. It's like, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, he did. But I personally think that was a mistake. LeBron James says, quote, it's hard for me to speak on it now because I hate doing anything when it comes in a loss. We had an opportunity to win a big game tonight. Yeah, Lakers aren't playing that well. I'll give you that. LeBron James said he's been appreciative of the opportunity to play this game at the highest level. I love the game of basketball. I love being a part of the NBA and being able to inspire so many different sets of generations. I guess it's a pretty big deal. It is a pretty big deal, LeBron. And you were gracious to accept it and move on and say, okay. But I think I probably would have like been like, yo, how come y'all aren't celebrating what I just did? Because to me, it's better than Kareem. It's amazing. And we did not give LeBron James his flowers. And I didn't either, because look at me. This is March. And I'm just talking about this on February 13th. Although I think I did mention the previous podcast. It probably didn't blow it up as much as is bothering me as I was just watching the Lakers and Clippers the other night. And everyone's like, oh, the Lakers are playing poorly. And LeBron James and his control over the team and clutch sports being mad that they didn't trade for John Wall which I think that they should have but at the same time I feel like what's happening is you've got these owners and GMs it's like we've got to wrangle in the players again they do not control the league although they act like it they do it's a player's league it's definitely a player's league and I know Rob Palenka was like nah this is my team I decide what we do here. And that's actually where I, what I think is at the heart of the issue as I switch to Major League Baseball. I don't see the players and owners working a deal out anytime soon. I really don't. I think that they're really far apart, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And, and you know, when you think about the Buster Olneys and the Tim Kirkjans, they know what's going on. I think we're in trouble. And the reason why I think we are in trouble. I think that the players see the kind of control the NBA players have over the owners in the league. As a problem. I think that the players are like, no, we want more control. We want more of the baseball-related income. Just like the NBA players have it. The salaries over the past several years have been going down in Major League Baseball. The players that reach that 30 years of age 
are not getting the contracts that they used to. I mean, you know, a few of them, but for the most part, it's like, nah, you know, you're done at 30. And But then the problem is these teams own these players at a lower salary scale, somewhat lower. I mean, come on, we're talking about millionaires here. Until they're like 26, 27. And by then it's like, well, what kind of deal am I going to get? You got signed me to like a 10-year deal. Like you heard about Juan Soto turning down, you know, $350 million from the Nats just before the lockout because he knows, yo, I'm going to get 500 and you will pay me. But that's far and few between of what the players are like. No, nah, we want more control overall. Not everybody gets these $300 and $400 million deals. Heck, a lot of them aren't even getting $70 million deals. The owners locked the players out this go-round. They locked them out. And I think that what we have here is a ownership group that's like, no. You will not control what we do. This is our house. And part of me, as I've talked before, yeah, I, you know, I kind of get that. My kids don't run our house. I pay for this. I'm in charge. The kids don't run the house. And that, you know, maybe it's not apples to oranges, but that's my comparison that I think about. But the funny thing is that I remember when Ted Leonsis made a quote that was like, oh, that's not a good one. Ted Leonsis said, talking about Russell Westbrook's trade, we had a superstar player with the Wizards. He had an opportunity and wanted to be traded to the Lakers. And I was dealing with that as we were announcing Alex. I couldn't help but self-reflect on what a difference it is. Here's a great player in Russell Westbrook playing in OKC. Wanted to be traded. Went to Houston. Wanted to be traded. Came to D.C. Wanted to be traded. And now is in L.A. He's an unbelievably great person, an unbelievably great player. But that's the difference between the NBA and the NHL, I suppose. Talking about loyalty? Talking about the salary caps? No. I firmly believe the players are they're they're, they're within their right. We don't go to a game. We don't pay tickets for a game to watch the owners or the general managers. We pay to watch the players. And if they feel like they are being wronged in some way or another, they're being cheated out of their what they think they are owed financially. I mean, you think about Major League Baseball. The salaries are decreasing 
over the last four years, while revenues are growing, franchise values are going up into the billions. Remember when Rob Manfred said the World Series trophy is a piece of metal? Yeah, it didn't go over well. That didn't go over well. I hope the players stand firm. They can't trust the league. Lee can't trust them. It's going to go back and forth, back and forth. The game's kind of boring. Well, the funny thing is, I feel like the game can be boring to watch for some, not all. But to me, it's one of the best games to enjoy in the summer. You just can't beat it. I know the action isn't there, but you sit in the sun, you talk to your friends or your family, you get a good home run, get hit, you're good, you're happy. It's a lot of fun. I feel like a basketball game, you can't just sit there and talk really the same way. The action is going back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. The NFL is like, hurry up and wait, then 10 seconds and then plays in. Hurry up and wait, then... then I think the it's like this weird stat where like in the NFL actually only like 14 minutes of the entire three hours, three and a half hours that you're there is actual game action. Now I'm saying I don't want, I love football. I'm okay. I like going to a football game. Yeah, I do with the weather too, unless it's an indoor stadium where you play in the warm weather stadium. But there's something about baseball in the summer. You get some ice cream, you know, you get the peanuts. I want to see baseball back. I do. But I don't know when. I don't know when. I just don't. I just don't. One thing I do know is that The Steelers are a top-notch organization. I know I don't, I'm not going to say this where I got some inside access into the Steelers organization the same way. But the fact that Brian Flores is now going to be on the Steelers coaching staff says a lot about why Not only is Mike Tomlin an amazing, amazing head coach, never, ever had a losing season. He's one of three minority head coaches in the NFL, the only black player in the NFL. And he hired Brian Flores, who is suing the NFL as a defensive coach on his staff. And that's not just because of Mike Tomlin, but it's also because the Rooney's rule. Not the Rooney rule. The Rooney's rule. They're like, ah, forget it. We we principles. We got principles here. And there is just no way that Brian Flores should not be coaching in the NFL. 
Mike Tomlin said, quote, I'm excited about Brian Flores joining our coaching staff, given his history of developing and teaching defensive players during his time in the NFL. Brian's resume speaks for itself, and I look forward to him adding his expertise to help our team. Brian Flores was on his way. Miami Dolphins, they were on their way, and he was fired. Now, the weird thing is I feel like you do have to give credit to the Miami Dolphins for hiring him. But he shouldn't have been fired. Flores said in his lawsuit that the NFL is managed much like a plantation and that its 32 owners, none of whom is black, profit from the labor of its players, 70% of whom are black. Now I hope with the Denver Broncos being for sale that I'm pleading for Byron Allen to buy the Denver Broncos. Let's start that. Let's make change. The Rooney Rule's not working. There's, you know, owners are circumventing it. We saw with the text chain that accidentally went to Brian Flores instead of Brian Dayball when, when Bill Belichick knew that Brian Dayball was already the head coach before Brian Flores even did his little, you know, fake interview with the Giants. It's disgusting. It's simply disgusting. And maybe the other 31 NFL owners can learn something from the Steelers. Of course, they're probably just mad that, like, the Roonies rule their own way. They make up their own rules. There's so, way I can, so many ways I can go with this Roonies rule. But I love it. I love it. And it makes me really happy. It makes me really happy. What doesn't make me happy is what's going on in the, in Russia. And the war against Ukraine. And I'm not going to get into all of that. Not. It's sad. It really is. Because I feel like what's happening now is in sports. Now we're seeing even more of a backlash. FIFA bans Russia from 2022 World Cup now. In other international competitions. I mean, what we're, we're I'm I, I don't even know. I certainly am not saying that they should be banned, but if we're talking about banning Russian athletes from playing in games, international competitions, at some point, you know. I mean, the NHL, you're making a statement saying you're condemning Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Quote, urges a peaceful resolution as quickly as possible. Well, you better make it fast because before long, I think you are going to start to question, well, wait, should the Russian players be playing in the NHL? Well, 
you know, you're already banning teams. The IIHF has banned teams from Belarus and Russia to participate in international hockey events until further notice. Ovechkin saying he is my president, but I'm not in politics. I am an athlete and I hope everything is going to be done soon. That doesn't make any sense. You can't say I'm not in the politics when you wore a shirt that says Team Putin on it. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I think Hall of Famer goaltender Dominic Hasek went a little bit far saying Ovechkin is chicken bleep and says harsh measures should be taken against Ovechkin and other Russian-born NHLers. He said, quote, NHL must immediately suspend contracts for all Russian players. Every athlete represents not only himself and his club, but also his country and his values and actions. That is a fact. If the NHL does not do so, it has indirect co-responsibility for the dead in Ukraine. Wayne Gretzky called it a senseless war. Eventually, I think you have to call in the question, should the Russian players be playing? And that makes me sad. I want to see Ovi and Malkin be able to play, but... If the NHL players were playing in the Olympics, they would have been representing Russia. And every time they go out on that ice, yes, they represent their teams and the Penguins and Caps and the other Russian players represent their teams. But let's be real. They represent Russia every time they're on that ice. And I just find it really hard. You can't pick and choose. That's my thing. I just feel like you can't pick and choose. And eventually, if they don't come to terms, they have some peace. And realistically, what's the peace? The peace is Putin's going to have to say, my bad. I'm sorry. And back off. That's it. You're not getting Ukraine. So I, I hope for peace. hope they can work it out. But I could see them not working this out. I can see them not working this out. But I hope they do. No more bloodshed. No more bloodshed. We all want peace in the end. Even Alice Ovechkin says no more war. So let's hope maybe he can call up Putin. And Putin will listen to Ovechkin. Hey, I won you an NHL title. Well, Malkin did. Won him a couple. I think Penguins won too. With Malkin on the team. So we'll see. Lastly, what I am going to see. I'm going to a college basketball game at the University of Pittsburgh. I get to see Chase Johnson. Excuse me, Chase Smith. Lisa Johnson is how I know her when we work together at BET. But realistically, I also get to see Mike Krzyzewski's last game at Pitt. The final home game for the Pittsburgh Panthers. They can get an upset. Maybe they need some good luck for me. Yeah, right. But the thing is, I've, I've been talking about this game and thinking about this game for months. Not because of, only because of Mike Krzyzewski, but just in my mind, like I really want to go to a game. When am I going to go to a game? I got to find one that works. And I never did. And I thought maybe there was one more game when I looked at schedule and saw it was the last game. I was like, okay, I, I got to go. 
So shout out to, to my guy Paul for hooking me up with the ticket. I'm going to go to the game. But I got to admit, I have not been paying attention to college basketball enough. Apparently this weekend, six of the top 10 teams all lost. And I was like, oh, really? I saw St. Mary's beat Gonzaga, but I just haven't been paying attention. Have you been paying attention? Probably. I'm probably the minority here. I don't know. I just haven't been excited by it. Maybe I've been too busy with everything with life and work, but I don't know what it is. I just didn't get into college basketball. Okay, maybe part of it could be because, you know, Pitt's got a long way to go. Maybe that's it. But I love my Panthers. Hail to Pitt. I'm going to be screaming and jumping for joy, and hopefully they get a win. I mean, yeah, I know it's a long shot. I do know that. I definitely know that. But I'm still excited. I'm still excited to see my Pittsburgh Panthers. 11 and 18 on the season, 10th in the ACC. Not very good. The final home game against Duke at 8 o'clock. They've lost two in a row at home. They've won three of their last five. I'm going to go and enjoy it. And maybe, just maybe, we can get another one of those top 10 teams to lose. Long shot. But I'm going to be rooting against the Devils. Devils! I will definitely be doing that tomorrow night. But that won't be my gut check pick. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Alright, what I'm going to do is end the show. This is it. Hope you enjoyed Just for Sport. Make sure you check out the link in the description for the show. Download prize picks. You can make some picks. They win you some money. Don't listen to me. Go the opposite of me. I feel like I'm on such a bad streak. But with prize picks, you can start your own streak. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'll be back on Thursday, everybody. Glad to be back. To the window! Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport. And prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today.